Today I'm not actually going to deal with the gospel. I thought I'd look more at the first reading and some of these passages where Jesus, uh, where St. Paul says, uh, who confers distinction upon you? What do you possess that you have not received? But if you have received it, why are you boasting as if you did not receive it? So he's talking to the Corinthians uh, as those who have received the message, but then uh, they should not be inflated with pride, he says. Think about that you have received, and think about everything. We've received everything. Everything we receive, everything is given to us in some way or other. Of course, we could say we earn things, but still the actual things are gifts from God. They're there because God made them. And uh, of course, then people manufacture things, but still the materials are from God. And so uh, St. Gregory the Great is an example of someone who really uh, understood uh, the wisdom of, under, of knowing what we have received from God and our littleness, our smallness in light of this. St. Gregory the Great was rather humble and didn't want to be raised up to great things, but he was almost against his will, basically. He, he becomes pope, and he's not really all that interested in it, and he's not all that excited about it, certainly, but he uh, takes on uh, all these different, in his life, takes on all different uh, positions of authority, and the, the, uh, those who put him in positions of authority recognize his great wisdom. So St. Gregory the Great is also a doctor of the church. And so doctors of the church have great writings, wonderful writings, and we can benefit from their writings. Uh, down through the ages, many of them have been translated into English. There are some doctors of the church where it's hard to find something in English, but in the case of St. Gregory the Great, there are a number of things that we can find. And one of the most famous is his pastoral rule or pastoral care. So he wrote a book on basically how to be a pastor, how to be a priest or a bishop. And particularly, he also talks about how to care for the flock, care for the parishioners or the, the members of the, the church. And so he writes uh, on this in, the, in basically the, the sixth century, long ago, uh, and he is writing about how to deal with different kinds of people. So book three of his book on pastoral rule, which can be found online, New Advent and other websites, you can find his pastoral rule, and then book three is basically pastoral care. Uh, I'll look at it that a little bit. What diversity there ought to be in the art of preaching? He says, differently to be admonished are these that follow. And he gives a list of all different opposites. Uh, we have sort of polar opposites of different types of people. And so he, he kind of goes into different opposites. For instance, the joyful and the sad, or the poor and the rich, prelates and subordinates, the wise of the world and the dull, the impudent and the bashful, the forward and the faint-hearted, the impatient and the patient, the kindly disposed and the envious, 
the simple and the insincere, the whole and the sick, the slothful and the hasty, the meek and the passionate, the humble and the haughty, the gluttonous and the abstinent. And he goes on into, into more detail or into more particular examples. I thought I would look at one of these, which is relating a little to our first reading, because uh, he talks about those who are to be admonished with whom everything succeeds according to their wish and those whom nothing does. Two opposites, this opposite types of people. Some, it seems like they desire something and they get it. They just say, I'm gonna get that and sure enough, they get it. And it doesn't, doesn't seem to take them much effort or they may work on it hard and get it or they, they may just seem to get things and it's like, no problem. I just want it, I get it. On the other hand, those whom whatever I want, I never get. Uh, nothing ever goes my way, so to speak. Uh, so he talks about these two groups, and of course this is complete opposites, uh, so it's kind of extremes, but at the same time, uh, there is a point to talking about them this way. So this is admonition 27. Differently are to be admonished those who prosper in what they desire in temporal matters, and those who covet the things that are of this world, yet are wearied with the labor of adversity. They just don't seem to get what they covet. For those who prosper in what they desire in temporal matters are to be admonished. When all things answer to their wishes, lest fi though fixing their heart on what is given, they neglect to seek the giver. Lest they love their pilgrimage instead of their country. Lest they turn the supplies for their journey into hindrances to their arrival at its end. Lest, delighted with the light of the moon by night, they shrink from beholding the clearness of the sun. They are therefore to be admonished to regard whatever things they attain in this world as consolations in calamity, but not as the rewards of retribution, but on the other hand, to lift their mind against the favors of the world, lest they succumb in the midst of them with entire delight of the heart, for whosoever in the judgment of his heart keeps not down the prosperity he enjoys by love of a better life, turns the favors of this transitory life into an occasion of everlasting death. For hence it is that under the figure of the Idumeans, who allowed themselves to be vanquished by their own prosperity, those who rejoice in the successes of this world are rebuked. He goes on to describe some of this. So. Uh, one can be caught up in the things of this world. Forget that we have received everything. What do you possess that you have not received? So we can think about, we can get caught up in the temporal world, uh, which has many pleasures, many wonderful things. Uh, some people get caught up in, and there's lots of things to get caught up in these days. There's more, more things to get caught up in than there used to be. And so these are transitory. They don't last, but the eternal life, that lasts. And so the admonition is to be first seeking the kingdom of God, first seeking the eternal things, which don't go away, because they're far more important than the things that do. Uh, if we just have a series of things that keep going away, which of course is this temporal world, then uh, eventually they all go away. Uh, but eternal life does not. And so 
he talks about this. But on the other hand, um, oh, actually, I'll, I'll point out some more things he says about this. Uh, no, actually, no, I'll, keep, I'll keep to just that. Uh, on the other hand, uh, those who, pro on the other hand, those who covet the things of the world but are wearied by the labor of adversity are to be admonished to consider anxiously with how great favor the creator and disposer of all things watches over those whom he gives not up to their own desires. For a sick man whom the physician despairs of, he allows to take whatever he longs for. So if someone is, you know, they know they're dying, he allows to take whatever he longs for. But one of whom it is thought that he can be cured is prohibited from many things that he desires. So that, you know, need, if you if think I can cure the person, I will say, don't take this, don't do that. Let's, let's try to heal you. Um, and let then those whom temporal adversity humiliates take joy from hope of an eternal inheritance, since divine providence would not curb them in order to educate them under the rule of discipline, unless it designed them to be saved forever. Those, therefore, who in respect of the temporal things which they covet are wearied with the labor of adversity are to be admonished to consider carefully how, for the most part, even the righteous, when temporal power exalts them, are caught by sin as in a snare. And then he gives the example of David, who is very righteous, but then later on uh, even ends up when he was king, through the persuasion of lavishness, he put to death by a deceitful plan even a devoted soldier, 2 Samuel 11. So he ends up being not so righteous, King David. Uh, and so he says basically that uh, worldly wealth, worldly success, tends toward less righteousness. And that, of course, does not mean that the, the, the wealthy cannot be righteous, but it's he's saying that there's a tendency. So if one is not able to become wealthy, there is a certain protection against that tendency against uh, righteousness. Uh, and so uh, God uh, orders things in all different ways, and some people who are, are poor will be poor, and many, many people who are um, you know, not as successful or do not have the circumstances to be successful uh, are still to look forward to the kingdom of God, to look forward to eternal life. And it's easier for them than it is for those who are caught in the snares of wealth or lots of good things. So either way, there is a challenge. So either way, so in these admonitions of St. Gregory the Great, uh, we have, uh, in the case of different types of people, some have cert certain challenges that the others don't have, and the others have certain challenges that the first group doesn't have. Uh, either way, like the slothful and the hasty. Well, the slothful have certain challenges, but they also have certain advantages. The hasty have certain advantages and certain challenges. So these type of things, uh, St. Gregory the Great thought about a lot. He thought about how we all have our, our strengths and weaknesses, and these can be advantages and disadvantages. Sometimes our strength can be a disadvantage in a given situation. Sometimes our weakness can be an advantage in a given situation. Uh, it's all in a matter of 
the situation, the circumstances, uh, and how uh, we respond. So uh, it shows the complexity of psychology, of dealing with different types of people. And St. Gregory the Great thought about, he tried to come, through, come up with all different scenarios, types of people, situations, and then he used scripture to uh, make his point often. So excellent book to read. And as I said, that's free online. That's the, the Pastoral Rule of St. Gregory. And there are many different editions. This is an old 19th century translation, still fairly readable though, and that's public domain, of course. So St. Gregory the Great uh, has a lot to offer us in his teaching. Uh, he is uh, very wise. That is why he rose to positions of power, because people saw he was very wise. And still to this day, uh, over a thousand years later, we can see his wisdom. We can see that he has a lot to help us with. And in, in the preaching and in pastoral care, he thought a lot about how to deal with people, how to deal with different kinds of people, how to uh, preach against their faults, how to strengthen uh, them in their good points. Um, he, he really was thinking a lot about this. I'm sure he had a lot of time to think, too. In those days, uh, you know, we didn't have as many distractions, or people didn't have as many distractions. So I certainly recommend reading something of St. Gregory the Great, Doctor of the Church, excellent guide in spiritual life, but also in temporal matters, in, in matters of practical importance. So today, we can look at the example of St. Gregory the Great, who himself uh, was always thinking, this is, there's too much to do, there's too many things going on, uh, and he, he was, uh, uh, you know, he was given a lot of responsibility. Uh, but nonetheless, we see, we call him great because he did a very, an excellent job of handling that responsibility and of admonishing people to, to be greater, to greatness, uh, to be better than they are. And so we can learn from him about that. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org.
www.marionhelper.org. Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.